Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. You know, we're going to kick off a series this morning, so I'm going to kind of just set it up and give you some foundational things to prepare us for the rest of the series. It's called Unbroken, and really kind of where this comes out of, and even going back to talking about the events of 9-11, I mean, that's probably something that happened, or when it happened, it really kind of, maybe put in perspective, it's the reality that, that we do live in an unbroken world. There's brokenness around us all, everywhere around us, even in this country, and for maybe for the first time, we experience something like that, the reality of that there's brokenness everywhere, even on our shores and in different shapes or forms. But let's just be honest with you, it doesn't take long to realize that they're in a world that's been broken. <laughs> now, having said that, we need to put ourselves back in remembrance of God didn't create a broken world. God had a different plan and purpose. And God's intent and purposes still stand. We need to acknowledge that that is God's plan and then walk in the principles established by God to live unbroken in a broken world. And so, you know, the, the old saying, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Can I say, we need to do some fixing? <laughs> All right, that's a good text. We're gonna do some fixing around here in our hearts and our lives. And it would be fair to say as well that the areas of our life that seem to experience the most brokenness or bring us the most hurt or pain or however you wanna say that, really is in the area of our relationships. And so even at that, we understand that God created a way, even relationally, that we can live unbroken in a broken world. And in fact, you can go to Genesis 1 at some point in time, don't do it this morning, you can go to Genesis 1 and read the story of creation. And if you read the creation story, as God is establishing the earth and he, he establishes light and he establishes earth and he establishes water, he establishes vegetation and animals and birds, after he establishes everything all the way through humankind or mankind, he stops and he says, it is good. And I want to say, are you looking at the same world I'm looking at, God? And the, and the reality is, he didn't create it broken. Brokenness came in. In fact, when he created, uh, when he finished, rather, the creation story, it says he looked at everything, he surveyed everything, and he says, it is very good. And I love that picture that God has established, because that's what I want in my heart. I want to be able to look through the brokenness of life and find the unbrokenness God always intended, and God wants to restore us back to that place. Now, we know that brokenness came in through, uh, through the garden. We know the story of the garden of Adam and Eve and the choices made, brokenness came in, but God didn't leave us broken. He sent his son, Jesus, amen, to restore us back, to restore that which was broken to unbroken, and he made a way. And in fact, not just relationships, that's kind of the, the main part of our, of our series, but um, also Jesus, the the Bible says Jesus' body was broken so that you could be unbroken, amen. You could be healed and whole. Uh, the Bible says that he took guilt and shame, his, his, his soul, his emotions were broken so that you could have healing and restoration and cleansing from guilt and shame to be unbroken in your soul, amen. <clears throat> and he took sin, which broke our relationship with God upon himself so we could have an unbroken relationship with God, amen, through the work of Jesus Christ. And so we're gonna find some tools, some principles in God's word on how you and I can live unbroken in a broken world. Now, as I've already said, you know, our, our biggest frustration, our biggest hurt, our biggest disappointment, however you want to say that, the biggest pain, the thing you lose the most sleep over is probably in the area of relationships. And so we have broken relationships in our life. It could be broken relationship in our marriage, broken with our family, uh, maybe with a parent, with a child, with a sibling, uh, broken friendships, uh, even a broken relationship with God. But that's just not the series in its entirety because I wanna talk about also in the series, because I want you to come to the whole thing. Uh, we're gonna talk about the covenant we have with God that is restoring the brokenness of our body. 
back to unbroken. The brokenness of our finances, amen? Because God has a way that you and I can walk unbroken in a broken world. And so I wanna encourage you to come back out for the whole series. But go ahead right now and turn, if I didn't tell you already, go ahead and turn to Psalms 89:34. And I've already used the word covenant. <clears throat> that word covenant is gonna be our key word. <clears throat> and really it is a principle that has been forgotten, been overlooked, and I love it's even, even in the song we just sang, talked about God's covenant. And it's a principle that, that really God established for us to live by. In fact, it is his, uh, his, the way he sees relationship, the way he sees uh, the standard to be for relationship. He has defined it through covenant, and we need to live to his standard, amen? We need to live by his definition. Uh, Psalms 89:34, New Living Translation says this, no, I will not break my covenant. <laughs> Man, praise the Lord. If God's talking about something, he's not gonna break. And I tell you, I need to be a part of that. Maybe there's no way for that to be broken by you, God? No. Because we all know even well-meaning people in our life don't always keep the promises. They can't sometimes, they, they say a lot of things, they commit to a lot of things relationally or whatever that might look like, but they just don't have the power, they don't have the ability to perhaps maintain that. But God says, I will not break my covenant. Aren't you glad you can be in a covenant with the one who will never, ever break it? You mean he's not gonna change even though this world does? Exactly, he cannot. And he goes, and I will not take back a single word. Are you sure, God? Because you made that thousands of years ago and then really the world has changed so much today. And God would say, but I have it, <laughs> right? And so we adjust and we live to the world round about us. And even though God says something he'll never take back or never break, we find ourselves living a different way of life. And that's because we've been programmed that way. Uh, the world has taught us something different. It's got our eyes off of it, off of what God always intended. And so we live a life usually at times settling for brokenness. And so we're told things by the world, well, that's just the way it's gonna be. That's my burden to carry. And we're told by the world that's just like, just do the best you can, adjust to it, adapt to it. And I would say, no, stand in a place of, I'm going for what God says, not what this world says. And I have brokenness in my life that he says, if he will fix it, he'll not break his covenant. He'll not take that word back. And I want to live to God's standard in my life and find the, uh, find the broken things restored or fixed to be unbroken again. So don't buy into the lie of this world. We're gonna look at ways to fix the broken things in our life based on the word of God. That's the only way they're fixed is the word of God. So if God defines relationship covenant, we need to understand what that is and we need to walk in that. And so we need to look at it and we're gonna do that. We typically have relationships not defined on the world's terms and values, but if we ever adopt God's values, then I believe things begin to work or turn around in our life. Here's the main thought I want you to understand. The relationships you have impact your relationship with God and your relationship with God impacts the relationships you have. In fact, they are inseparable. God set them up that way. That means everything that you do horizontally, relationally, will impact vertically your relationship with God. Everything in your relationship with God will impact your horizontal relationships. And here's the fallacy. Some people will think that me and God got it going on. I'm good here and that's all that matters. This isn't very good, but as long as I'm good here, and I would say that's not scriptural. Don't say that's not my opinion, that's not scriptural. And, and some would say, well, I'm good over here, but, but I'm good with all these relationships, but, but I'm not so good with God, and that's okay. And I'd say, that's not scriptural either. Amen. They work together. And so they're inseparable. In fact, when someone asked Jesus one day, can you just sum up the whole Bible? Can you just give me the whole thing? Give me the, give me the cliff notes. I mean, I don't want to go through all that. Just sum it up on one thing that I can easily understand. And he looked at the man and he said this, I can't give you just one thought, I'll give you two, but they're like one. He says, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as yourself. Love your neighbor. 
He says, you can't separate it. So God has a way through covenant, which we'll continue to talk about through the course of the series, that impacts your relationship with him and your relationship with other people. So we can have a covenant relationship with God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, and we can have covenant relationships with other people, and that's the standard he desires for us to live by. And so that's what we need to look at in our life and applying that to our life so we can fix or so the broken things can be fixed in our life instead of just carried or managed. We have to understand that, and that's what God wants out of you and I. So let me show you a verse that's gonna launch us into the series, set the foundation for the upcoming weeks. It's in Malachi, Malachi chapter two. Go ahead and turn there for me, starting at verse 13. Malachi 2, 13. <clears throat> let me start with this. Another thing you do is that you flood the Lord's altar with tears. Now listen to this. You flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and you wail because he no longer looks with favor on your offerings or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. Basically he's saying, we're coming to God, people are coming to God and they're crying and what's wrong God? Nothing's changing, what's wrong God? Where are you at? I'm doing, I'm working really hard for you. I'm being a good person after all. I'm helping a whole bunch of people. I'm a whole lot nicer and better than other people are and it just seems like you're not paying attention. It seems like nothing's working in my life. Have you ever been there? What's going on? I mean, it's just me, I guess. What's going on, God? Where are you at? That was just yesterday. I was like, where are you at? What's going on? I just, uh... and then he answers that question because we've all been there. We've all those struggles in our life. Goes on to say this in the next verse. And you ask why, why? Where are you? What's going on? What's happening? And listen to the response. It's because the Lord is the witness or he's watching between you and the wife of your youth. You've been unfaithful to her though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage. What's the last word? Covenant. Now we are gonna talk about the covenant marriage, not today. We are gonna look at that from the standpoint of it's gonna give us a foundation. It's gonna be the relationship picture that God uses between he and us right? He's the groom, we're the bride. It's the relationship picture that we can relate to even with other people. So that's going to be kind of the illustration, if you will. We'll get to a, a, a lesson on that later on. But listen, it says, you have basically saying this, you have been unfaithful to the covenant. You've been unfaithful to the relationship design that I have established for you with other people. Not just your spouse, if you will, but with other people. There is a relationship design, a standard God set that says covenant, and he says, listen, the reason why there's problems and things aren't working here is because you have forgotten how to have proper relationship with people. And can I just say, relationships will make you or break you. Relationships will make your life great or they'll destroy your life. And isn't it true that most of what we face or feel in life is a direct result of how we're managing or handling relationships? But God says, I have a standard for relationship, which is the word covenant, how to do and how to walk in, that will help you operate in life so much better. But we've forgot or we've not understood what he's meaning and we look to other things. I'm gonna finish that passage in just a minute. What does one seek? Let's go on to the next verse, verse 15. Has not the one God made you? I mean, he made you, he knows, he's watching, he knows what's best for you. And you belong to him in body and in spirit. And what does the one God seek? What does he really want then? I mean, you're you're going to with tears and weeping and nothing's working, you're asking where he's at, and he's saying you're being unfaithful to the covenant, then what, what does he want from me? What does he seek? He wants godly offspring. So be on your guard, do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth or do not be unfaithful to the covenant. What does God want from you and I? He wants us to walk in his plan and purpose for covenant so that our offspring, let me say it this way, two ways, our natural offspring then can flourish 
and then the things that are offsprings are, are uh, results of our life can flourish. So our relationships based on God's definition and God's standard is the thing that will help our family and the things that we're involved in flourish, amen? And he says if we're missing that, we need to go back then to covenant principles, activate them or apply them in our life and then the things that are broken in our relationships or the things we're involved with, we'll find them being unbroken or God will restore them. That's what he's talking about. He says, you got away from the covenant thing relationally, and you need to get back because it'll impact your family, and it'll impact the things around about you because relationships are so key. They are a part of who we are, a big part of who we are. And it goes on to say this, let me finish this out. And listen to this, because this is a little confusing, but let me explain to you, so hold on for a second. The man who hates, the man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord, God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect, says the Lord Almighty. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful. Do not be unfaithful for the point of our message today. Do not be unfaithful to the covenant or covenant relationships. And here's basically what this is talking about And today. Now we'll get on marriage a little bit later, so bear with me. He's talking about when you are in the midst of challenge and trials in a covenant relationship, when things get tough, you don't bail. You don't respond with hurt. Kind of a covenant relationship says when you're in the midst of a challenge and difficulties, you draw closer together, not farther apart. You're not there to hurt the other, you're there to help the other. You're not there to let strife and things divide you. A covenant relationship says even though we're in the midst of the greatest hell in our life, we're gonna pull together and not drift apart in this. And God says it's possible. We'll talk about it. So brokenness in our life a lot of times relationally comes from because we don't understand that principle or we don't apply it to our life and we allow those hard things and where it says then we put violence there when we respond railing for railing, hurt for hurt. Well, you hurt me, guess what? I'm gonna hurt you even more. Or you think that was bad, here's what's coming next. And that's not covenant at all, that's worldly. That's a worldly mind. Now, no conviction here. There's a lot of grace, amen? And we believe what the scripture says that we move from this point forward in life, amen? And so, but we need to find the principles of God so we can fix that which is broken based on the power and principles of God's word, amen? So we're gonna fix some stuff. So understand what it's talking here is when it gets tough, you're supposed to get closer together, not farther apart. When it looks like it's beginning to break, fight to keep it unbroken. Don't forget your covenant. Now, as a pastor, I I talk with a lot of people. I, I talk with a lot of people about life. Most of the people I talk to are issues in life or really centered around relationships again, and they could be friends or spouses or whatever that is. As you can imagine, I, I sit down with a lot of people and talk about it. It's always interesting to me when I sit down with people and we're talking about a relationship issue, let's say in a marriage, in a relationship issue, it's always interesting to me that sometimes those conversations will go with one spouse saying about the other spouse, it's like, well, he treats his mom or she treats her dad or he treats her brother better than they treat me. Or it's like, why don't you treat me the way you treat your family? I mean, it's like, I'm second class. I'm your spouse. I'm your wife. I'm your husband. Now, come on. Now, I hear it all the time. Yeah, but that's my mom. But yeah, that's my family. But that's my family. And I think there's something to be said about you and I misunderstanding what marriage covenant is. And so sometimes we see, like, when we enter into a covenant with someone, we see them differently because here's what we'll say. Inevitably, blood is thicker than Water. What we're saying is blood is more important, that we're holding things that are revolved around in a blood relationship to a higher standard, aren't we? And that's the truth. We hold blood relationships to a higher standard. But when you understand covenant, every covenant relationship is a blood relationship. 
It's not just I married you because I love you and we're together because we're in love. It's now I married you and we entered into a covenant and we're one because of the blood. The blood of Jesus, amen? I wanna talk about that a little bit, but listen, understand something. God is redefining relationships as we know and saying, let's elevate our relationships to his standard of covenant, and when we do, we will walk in greater peace, greater power, amen? And we'll find those broken areas of our life relationally begin to be repaired by God because he can put those things back together, but he has to do it with his principles in mind. He only can do it in line with his word. And so we have to understand the the word um, covenant, in Hebrew, in its basic form, is to cut where there is blood, to cut where there is blood. But what if we would consider our spouse or other, blood, uh, other relationships blood relationships instead of one of convenience or of emotion or feeling? That's what he's talking about. And so like uh, in, a, in a marriage ceremony back in the day, back in the Bible day, marriage cer- ceremony, the priest would get together with the bride and the groom, he'd take out a knife and he would cut the palms of their hands. I'm thinking about actually doing that. If you wanna get married, see me. And, uh, <laughs> and he just signed a, a, a liability waiver first. Uh, and what he would do, they'd put their hands together and they would take a cord and wrap them around their hands, tie them together, and they would stand through the, the whole ceremony, hands tied together, and the blood would mingle, and symbolically what it would represent is we are now of one blood. We are now of one blood, why? Because blood is a basic idea of covenant, cuts to where there's blood, because it's a higher standard. We have very low standards relationally in this world. There's some relationships in our life that we need to elevate to God's standard, and there's some, just quite frankly, we need to let go. <laughs> but some of those are placing a greater value because we say blood is thicker than water. So honestly, our society teaches something completely different, something different than the idea of covenant. And I'm convinced we have to get back to God's definition of relationships if we want them to work. And we've been trained by the world system and convenient relationships. Now remember back to our text, don't forget your covenant. If you wanna protect that which is not broken or restore that which has been broken, you have to follow God's principles. And can I say this, hey, aren't you glad for the relationship you have, the covenant you have with Jesus Christ? I mean, remember the scripture? He's not gonna break it. I'm thankful for the covenant I have with Jesus. I'm thankful he's never gonna break it. And so let me say it this way. Aren't you glad that even though you've given him reason, he hasn't left you? Did you have, when's the last time you gave him reason to ditch you or bail on you? Since I've been in church? I mean, <laughs> on the way here, but probably on the way home, but I'm pretty good right now. <laughs> and the reality is we give him opportunity all the time. But you saw in Psalms 89, he's never gonna break the covenant. He's never. He's elevated that relationship to a higher level and a higher standard. We didn't understand what that is. We're thankful for it. But he's asking us also to see relationships in our life as covenant relationships. And so I'm so glad he's in covenant love with me as long as I shall live. And having said that, it's funny because I was listening to someone, uh, a pastor talk, and he was talking about, uh, and we do a lot of weddings, uh, wedding vows are very interesting, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I, we have wedding vows, we have people that they'll use that. I'm always fascinated by people that write their own, and I'm always really fascinated by people that just wing it. That's really fun for me. I like watching, listen to that, winging it, winging We're just gonna wing them. And uh, all right, more power to you. And so, but I heard this pastor said, he read the story of a couple in New York, getting married in New York, of all places, and uh, their wedding vow that they wrote to one another was this, I don't wanna misquote it, so I, I wanna read it for you. Um, it says this, I promise to be faithful to you as, uh, for as long as I shall love you. <laughs> Can I just say that's probably at least through the honeymoon, maybe one or two days afterwards. 
not really sure there. That's a worldly view relationally. God says it's not based on emotion or feeling. We make commitments, and God says that's covenant. Let me stop here by saying something, and for a moment, if, if you're like me, you've already messed up some relationships in your life, <clears throat> and you kind of may be feeling like, you know, I'm not sure I'm gonna wanna come to this series, <laughs> right? But can I just say that this series is full of grace, because God is a God of grace and mercy, amen? And so we believe what the scripture says, that we start from this point forward, fresh start, clean slate, amen? That we take the things that we learn today and we apply them to the word of God and we let the past be with him. He's already covered that and taken care of it, amen? And know that he has because he's faithful. So just, let's relax and let's come and not filter the whole series based on just one message. Come and hear it all. Come and hear it all, then you make your decision. But we're gonna, we're gonna press forward. We're gonna let the past be the past and engage the grace of God in our life. And I'm not here to uncover anything or bring up anything. I'm not here to mess with anything that's happened to the past. I'm just here to thank God for his grace and mercy in my life and in yours, amen? But I'm here to find out then how can I live my life differently? How can I live unbroken in a broken world? And as a pastor, it's my job is to help you find and discover that as I live out the same word, have to live out the same word that you live. I wanna live unbroken in a broken world. And we're gonna find how to do that through the word. Covenant says, I'm gonna protect you as we saw back in that passage of scripture in Malachi 2.16. I'm gonna protect you when times get tough and when those times uh, are there, we're gonna draw closer together and we thank God for his grace to do that. Let me define covenant for you. It's this, a solemn agreement between two parties. A solemn agreement between two parties for the purposes of creating and maintaining a successful relationship. That's the definition. A solemn agreement between two parties for the purposes of creating and maintaining a successful relationship. And I believe a reason relationships end up broken is because they never come to God's standard of relationship. They don't come up to the standard of covenant. Um, And if you get them to covenant, they become successful or they remain unbroken, and God's trying to make our life better. Do you believe that? God's trying to make our life better. Amen, I believe that. So Luke twenty two twenty. here's what it says. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup. Now this is Jesus with his disciples. The night he was betrayed, he was getting ready to be crucified, sacrificed. He met with his disciples. He said, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new what? This cup is the new covenant in my what? blood which is poured out for you. He's saying this, covenant in its base form means to cut where there's blood. He says, this cup represents the blood or he's saying to his disciples, I'm taking, I'm elevating my relationship with you and mankind to a whole nother level. I'm taking it to a level this world doesn't know and does not understand. I'm taking my relationship to you with a level that cannot be compared. Why? Because I'm gonna shed my blood for you. I'm gonna be the sacrifice and I'm gonna be all in with you. I'm gonna take everything you have and give you everything I have. So Jesus is saying a covenant relationship is taking a relationship taken to the highest level possible based on what Jesus did, not what we do. And so he says, I'm taking it. And he goes, we know the rest of that story. If we know the, the crucifixion story, we know that a couple hours later he was taken, beaten, and then crucified. Then not only was he saying that this is what I'm going to do, I'm doing it. And he did it. And he did it for all mankind. Our relationship with Jesus is a covenant based on his blood. Now understand something, his blood was shed once and for all, the Bible says. His blood was shed once and for all. So when we make a mistake, we don't have to go sacrifice another animal, aren't you glad? Yeah, because I pass out at the side of blood. 
I'd be, I'd be on the ground half the time. I mean, it's like another one, oh. But, uh, but Jesus was a sacrifice once and for all. He took the relationship with you and I to a whole nother level and out of the work he did, he's empowered you and I then to do the same work in our own relationships. It is possible, we'll get to that in just a moment. So let me give you a couple of things we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about, we're gonna con- compare and contrast covenant and contract, because really contract is the worldly mindset relationally in so many things. We're gonna talk about covenant in comparison to contract because what if we went to the level of covenant as well? What if we took non-blood relationships in our life and and we declared them as blood relationships? Let's see what that would look like. Number one, uh, covenant is based on mutual commitment. Covenant is based on mutual commitment. And so we live in a generation that wants an out. We live in a generation that's all about an out, right? Give me an out. I'm, I'm in as long as I'm happy. I'm drawing a line in the sand and as long as you stay on your side, but if you cross that line, I'm out of here. And that's just the mindset that we have because the world teaches us, do what's best for you. Do what needs to be done about you, for you. Doesn't matter who it hurts, doesn't matter who it involves, but you look out for number one. And so when they don't like the things or they're not happy, they get away out. How many of us would be married if it was all based on happiness? I mean, just to be honest with you, right? It's based on something greater than that. Covenant says I'm willing to be unhappy while we work it out. Covenant says I'm willing to be unhappy while we work it out. Because the commitment says I'm not going anywhere. It's an important word, commitment's an important word because you don't need commitment if things are going good. You only need commitment if things are going not good. But covenant says that I'm in it even unhappy while we work it out. Let me say this about that. Covenant people put the person as more important than the issue they're fighting about. That's that. I'm my dad all the time. One thing I learned from my dad, it never mattered who was right or who was wrong, it mattered that the person had value. And you can even be right, you can even fight to be right and lose because you've hurt that person or you've lost that relationship, just for the sense of being right. What have you really won then? The covenant says, it's not about me being right. In fact, covenant says, even if I am right, it's about me valuing you more than the issue. Because the reality is most of our issues that we fight over that divide us and separate us really are silly and aren't worth it anyways. Whatever it is, we've got our focus on us. We've been looking more at something other than covenant, but elevating the relationship to covenant says, I may be right in all this, but I value you more than me being right. You are more important to me. That's covenant. Covenant says I'm right, but you're more important to me than being right. I value more you than what we're fighting about. On the other side, that's contract. Contract is based on mutual distrust. Now, I know contracts are important for business, but I think we've taken a lot of the business into the world. I mean, it's our homes, the business idea into the homes. I'm watching you, I'm gonna be ready for you, <clears throat> and if you violate this, it's over or hear the repercussions of it. And you ever gone and like bought, and you go buy a house at the closing? My goodness, you signed papers for days, right? But they have to, and there's all these contingencies and stuff. If you do this, here's the response, and then if you don't do this, here's the response to your response that you didn't do to the response that you didn't do, so sign an initial this and initial that. And I understand that in the business world, but listen, we've taken a lot of that into home and our personal relationships. It's almost like we're just, we plan for every contingency, so don't screw up. Can I tell you, no one's perfect but Jesus. The rest of us screw up. That's why I'm thankful for the blood that covers that every time, amen? for grace and for mercy. Romans 12, five, New Living Translation says this, we are many parts of one body, we all belong to each other. We're all belonging to each other. Not just one here, one there trying to get ahead, we all belong to each other, we're a family. We're a family. Covenant says, 
And here's the word you're not gonna like. Covenant surrenders rights and assumes responsibility. Covenant surrenders rights and assumes responsibility. In other words, I'm here to serve you. I'm not here to be served. I'm here to serve you. I'm not here to be served. I live for you and you live for me. That's a covenant relationship. The greatest relationship in the world is when two servants are in love. The most destructive relationship in the world then is when two masters are in love, wanting to be served by the other. Covenant says, I'm here to serve. A A contract protects rights and shirks responsibility. It basically says, I'm only in as far as you're in. And I'm keeping track, I'm keeping count, I'm keeping score. I'm keeping the records. First Corinthians 13, five says this. It's not uh, love, it's talking about love, the love chapter, right? We do this at all the weddings, we read the love chapter. I I do that in my wedding. Uh, Love does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. And listen to this last phrase. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Some of us need to go home and destroy the records. If we want to elevate our relationship to a covenant relationship, we need to start destroying some records. And that we, we think, well, how am I going to be protected by the blood of Jesus? By doing what the word says? Because the promise is when we do what the Bible says to do, we walk in the benefits and blessings that it says are ours. God always honors his covenant. So when we honor the covenant, God is there with us. Let me give you another one. Covenant has the interest of others in mind. Covenant has the interest of others in mind and a contract has personal convenience in mind. In other words, it says, you're gonna do it my way not worried about you, it needs to be done my way. You know, one thing I love about the staff here, if I can brag on them for a minute, so blessed with a great staff, is this, we're all parts of different departments, we all have different marching orders, we all have different assignments, if you will, but they never supersede the whole picture. We don't have territorial battles, we don't have, this is for me, what about them, they always get this. In fact, we have a team here that understands this principle right here, it's like we leverage our influence, we leverage our resources in our department for the good of other departments. We help, they help, they help serve another department. They'll help serve the children's ministry. They'll help serve the youth ministry. They'll help serve the other ministries. It's like, it's sacrificial. Why? Because we're all in it together. We all win together. I love the heart and the attitude. They're not saying that's, that's their job. Have them do it. It's like, how can we work together for the greater good to honor God? I love that. We try and create that in my home. I try and create that with my daughters. In fact, if you hear me talk to my kids, a lot of times I just call them Duncan. And yes, there are times I forget their names. I'll be honest with you. I can't stand up here and lie. Who are you? but I call him Duncan. Hey, Duncan, let's go. Because we're four different people, but we're part of the same family. We're a covenant family. And so I want them to understand they're part of something bigger than themselves. It's not about the individual piece. So you'll hear me all the time. Let's go, Duncan. Come on, Duncan. Because I'm constantly trying to remind them they're part of something bigger than themselves. And so we mutually love and serve each other. That's the family of God. That's what we do. That's why it works. And that is contrary, so contrary to the world and the world's thinking. That's why we have to get in line to God's standard. Covenant families, we're gonna talk about covenant families in the upcoming weeks. You definitely wanna be here for that. Philippians 2, 4 says this. Not looking at your own interests, but each of you look to the interests of others. That's covenant. You know, my hope right now as we're, as we're closing, my, my hope right now, honestly, in this first message was partly to give us a foundation for the rest. The other part was to make you a little uncomfortable and I probably succeeded in that. Really, we're gonna do this the whole series? Yeah, I'm coming back, (laughs) all right? 
but I want you to come back. You need to come back because these tools are powerful and they work and we have to get a different mindset than we currently have. But now my hope is that you're sitting there this morning and you're saying, yeah, that just doesn't happen. That's impossible. And really it's, I don't know if I can do that. And can I say this morning, I can't do that either. But, but here's the real spiritual part this morning. It's not based on my ability. It's not based on what I can do because honestly in that none of us could really live to that standard every single day in the natural. But we can with the power of Jesus. We can with the power of God. We can do that and live that way if it's been done for us. And when it was done for us, it's when Jesus came into our heart and our lives for those who called on him as Lord and Savior. And then the power of God, the power of heaven came on the inside of us and changed us. That's the spiritual part. When you've received covenant love from a covenant God, a miracle takes place and you're changed on the inside. And where you had no capacity to love supernaturally, now you can love supernaturally beyond the natural because of the supernatural covenant you're entering into with Jesus Christ and the supernatural love that has been given you. The word says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He has become something he could never be on his own. You cannot be supernatural, walk in the supernatural love of Jesus on your own. It takes a relationship with him. But once you call upon the name of the Lord and you are saved, his life, love, and power comes into your heart and life and you can love as Jesus loves. It is impossible without him, but all things are possible with him. A changed life. The old me cannot do that, but the new me in a relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I can love as he loves. First John four nineteen, last scripture. Listen to this. We love because he first loved us. And don't misinterpret that scripture to say, I can love him because he first loved me. It's we can love anybody. We can love, period, everyone, spouses, parents, kids, enemies, frenemies, whatever, friends, good people, bad people, neighbors. We can love all of them because Jesus first loved us. That's why we so desperately need him in our lives. Because with Adam in our lives, we're relegated to relationships in life that are powerless and that are, that are, are, are left to the mindset and happenings of this world. But when we enter into a covenant relationship with the one who is love, the one whose love is unconditional, he exchanges, he gives us everything he is, takes everything we are, gives us a fresh start. Now we can love as Jesus and we can elevate the relationships in our life up to his standard of covenant because we walk in a covenant with him. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.